Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 189, Making Decisions That Stick, part one, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Living Daily, the podcast that brings you the best in personal development and productivity every day of the week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Justin Mollick. Hey there, welcome to Optimal Living Daily. I'm Justin Mollick, your personal narrator of amazing blogs, and happy Friday. Every once in a while, I reach out to you if you've given me your email address, and I ask what it is that you're struggling with so that I can find some relevant posts to read to you on the show, and one that's come up a handful of times has to do with decision-making. So I found this post from Steve Pavlina that talks about it. It's a bit long, so I'm gonna make it a two-parter just so this doesn't turn into a 20-minute episode. And if you'd like to be in closer contact with me, be entered to win a book every month, and get some Microsoft Excel tools that I built just for you, come by oldpodcast.com and enter your email address. I'll be in touch, and you'll get your digital downloads immediately. And like I mentioned, you'll be entered to win a book. The next raffle is in about two weeks. So again, come by oldpodcast.com and join there for free. And I think that's it. Let's get this thing going and start optimizing your life. Making Decisions That Stick, Part 1, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. How many times have you faced a tough decision and asked yourself, what should I do? Or maybe, what's the right decision? Aaron and I receive emails of this nature every day. The subjects vary from relationship issues, should I leave my current partner, to career choices, should I quit my job to do what makes me happy, to living arrangements, should I move to another city? Despite these variations, the underlying theme is the same. People want to make intelligent decisions and struggle with finding the right amount of clarity. The challenge of choice points. I can't tell you how many times I've racked my brain trying to gain clarity about a significant choice point. I'd spend hours analyzing various facets of a decision because I wanted to make the most intelligent choice I could. Then, when I thought I finally had the best answer, I froze when I tried to move forward on it. Even though my logic said okay, the decision still didn't feel quite right for some reason. Usually I can never reach the holy grail perfect clarity. After running this pattern an embarrassing number of times, I took a step back and began questioning the pattern itself. I wondered if the process of asking and answering what should I do was in fact a trap of sorts. Words like right and should imply the existence of an optimal or at least near-optimal solution among the various alternatives. Life isn't black and white, but we can certainly imagine that one outcome will be at least slightly better than the others, don't we? For example, if you ask yourself, should I quit my job? You wonder which will put you in a better life position. 
quitting or staying? Better is a subjective term, but if one option left you homeless and the other option wealthy, all else being equal, you'd be inclined to define the wealthier outcome as better. Now, it seems logical that a process of examining alternatives, projecting likely outcomes, comparing those outcomes, and making an informed decision should be fairly effective, shouldn't it? But in practice, this pattern has failed me again and again. And the more sophisticated I try to be in using it, the bigger it flops. I can use this process to produce a great-looking plan that would cause you to marvel at its depth of analysis, but you never see my real-world implementation follow the plan. When a solution is not a solution. What's going on? Why does this seemingly logical process fail me so often? Am I just a bad implementer? I explored that possibility, but I soon found another way of looking at this process that led me to a different conclusion. I stepped back and asked myself, if there was something entirely wrong with this problem-solving approach, what would it be? I realized that if this approach was wrong, the most likely culprit would be the assumption that the quality of my life would depend on the particular branch of the decision tree I opted to follow. In other words, I was assuming that my decision would affect the ongoing quality of my life experience. As soon as I reached this point, I instantly realized that I had indeed fallen into a trap, and a very insidious one at that. Let me explain. Let's say I have to make a choice between two alternatives, A and B. My goal is to make the more optimal choice, but what is optimal? How do I define the right choice? What are the criteria for comparing one choice versus another? My hidden assumption was that the right choice was whichever one made me happiest. I could figure out how each decision would affect the various metrics of my life, money, health, etc. But ultimately, my personal choices were a matter of optimizing my happiness. And that was the trap. I assumed that my outcomes in life were the source of my happiness, and that was a big mistake. That's why this process failed me so completely. There is no correct decision if I use happiness as a criteria. And that's because once you reach a certain level of conscious development, you gradually decouple your happiness from external events. And that's because once you reach a certain level of conscious development, you gradually decouple your happiness from external events. You loosen your attachment to circumstances and learn to feel good regardless of what happens. So instead of getting happiness from circumstances, you bring happiness to circumstances. Another part of the trap is that I assume that if I made a suboptimal choice, it would doom me to a lower level of happiness than if I'd made the right choice. That's a very disempowering belief. The truth is that you always have power in the present moment. In fact, that's the only place you do have power. So no matter how big any particular decision seems, the truth is that every moment is a process of decision-making. There really is no wrong path, no fatal decision that will totally disempower you. You can always choose again. In practical terms, this means that you can quit your job to start your own business, and if you don't like it, you can find a new job, maybe even return to your old job. You can try a new diet and then switch back to your old way of eating. You can move to a new city and then move back to your old one. You may even leave your marriage and later reunite with a sense of deeper commitment. In fact, there's a great book about controlled separation called Should I Stay or Go that you should definitely read if you're having doubts about a committed relationship you're in. The truth is that many life decisions have an undo button. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled Making Decisions That Stick by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. 
They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And it's Friday, so I'll keep this short. But before we go, one last time, you can stay in touch with me, get some free Excel spreadsheets, even a video tutorial I made for you, and be entered to win a book every month. All free if you visit my site, oldpodcast.com, and enter your email address. You can also text the word OPTIMAL to 44222 for a faster way to join. And we're almost to 190 episodes, which means 200 is right around the corner. That came way too quickly. I have no idea if I should do something special or not for that episode. If you have any thoughts, just reply to any of the emails I send you, and I'd love to hear what you think. Tomorrow we'll continue this post from Steve, so I will see you there where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.